You're listening to Newcastle in the Morning. Welcome back. You're with Tracy Mack. More than 13,500 jobs and $3.7 billion in economic output could be generated in the Upper Hunter from post-mining rehabilitation and sustainable land use over the next two decades. That's according to a new report. Ernest & Young Consulting, Diversification and Growth Transforming Mining Land in the Hunter Valley was commissioned by Lock the Gate and it has modelled three scenarios for the land which will uh, come from 17 mines that are scheduled to close over the next 20 years giving us 130 hectares of land to play with. Joining me on the line from Lock the Gate is Georgina Woods. Good morning and welcome Georgina. Thanks so much for having me, Tracy. My pleasure. Now, this uh, this is a great report. It is fantastic. You did three scenarios. Tell me what the three scenarios for the land were. Well, what we wanted EY to do was really look at uh, what the status quo is, which is that these 17 mines that are going to close in the valley over the next 20 years have to rehabilitate the mine site. You know, that's part of their legal obligation. Um that's the core scenario of the report. Mm. The second scenario is those companies actually own 130,000 hectares of land across the valley because they've bought up so many farms neighbouring the mines, um, the, the so-called buffer lands that are um, bought out because of the air and noise pollution the mines create. What if we uh, expanded our vision for rehabilitation and looked at those lands and, and replanted biodiversity corridors, invested in agricultural productivity? Um, that's called the maximum conservation scenario, mm-hmm. and it's um, going to create, uh, you know, double the jobs that the mine rehabilitation scenario would make. And for the third one, we asked them to look at a small area of land, highly degraded land in the mine sites themselves, only 1,600 hectares, um, and if those lands were dedicated for employment, so you know, building new industries on those areas, we could actually have 13,000 jobs created over the next 20 years as these 17 mines close. And what we're really excited about is that if we undertake sensible planning, land use planning across the region, we can actually have this balance of biodiversity thriving, agricultural productivity and huge numbers of jobs in uh, new clean energy industries. The report really provides a roadmap, doesn't it, for the New South Wales government of how best we can move forward with all of this. Has anyone from the government seen this report yet? We'll be sending the report today um, to decision makers all over the region and in the state government. We know that the state government is talking about the future of mine lands in the Hunter because the mining industry occupies such an enormous area of land. And, you know, it is, um, it, it's hard for other industries to get going because they can't get the land and they can't get the workforce. Mm. So what we're really underscoring, I think, with this is that we need a Hunter Valley Authority, uh, a locally-based statutory authority that can actually take this 20-year view and say, what if we balanced environment and job creation? What if we could actually have it all and we could restore biodiversity, you know, invest in agricultural productivity and have a renewable energy jobs boom? We can actually create that future, but only if we are doing that upfront planning with that statutory authority uh, and actually involving the community in the development of this vision. 
And it's uh, something that the Hunter Jobs Alliance has also been calling for for a long, long time. I know that they just want to, you know, we've got to make the best of this. We've got to make the most of it. We know what's happening at the moment with our energy issues. We know what's happening with our, our you know, the shortages of, uh, of food and, you know, fruit and vegetables at our supermarkets. This needs to happen now. We can't, we can't delay much longer. It needs to happen now. We have lost already so much time, um, you know, that we should have been spending doing this planning to have a, an orderly energy transition. I mean, we're all feeling the effects now of, you know, political leaders basically just neglecting to to invest the time in planning. Um, the, the Jobs Alliance is calling for a Hunter Valley Authority for precisely that reason, because these things do take a long time. Um, you know, getting the skills pipeline ready, you know, ensuring that we're restoring biodiversity and agricultural productivity and getting that balance right. These, this takes time. It's going to take a generation uh, and it's going to take coordination. And we're really worried that, you know, there, there is a renewable energy boom on. The Hunter will have a renewable energy zone. Are we just going to make the same mistakes again um, with renewable energy that we made with mining? Like, disadvantaging local communities, clearing, you know, precious bushland, not getting that balance right to make sure we have a diverse economy with agriculture, um, manufacturing, uh, and, you know, all the full suite of what the hunter can do. Georgina, my, my brain just straight away goes, hang on a second, this just makes too much sense. This this is, uh, this is makes sense. It's talking about you know, biodiversity. It's talking about us reusing land. It's talking about you know, renewable energy. This just makes too much sense. This, you know, this, surely this can't be coming from Lock the Gate. It makes sense. <laughs> well, well, Tracy, I think that Lock the Gate's been making sense for quite some time. Oh, yes, just, just a little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> We do, I mean, you know, we did take the decision to, you know, to say, you know, obviously Lock the Gates fights inappropriate mining projects, mm. you know, where they have an impact on agriculture or biodiversity or, or a local village. Um, but we really did want to create something positive and say, we believe that there can be balance. We believe that we can have it all. We don't have to trade off the environment for jobs. Um, it's, you know, it, that is a false choice being imposed on us by multinational mining companies, you know, by decision makers in Sydney who don't, you know, live in our region and have to live with the consequences of the decisions that they make about the mining industry. We can actually, if we involve the local community, really strike that balance and get the most out of our region, um, getting those clean energy jobs, but also, you know, having biodiversity restoration and, and agricultural productivity. That's what really excites me about this report is the, the possibility for the agricultural industry. And, uh, you know, we know that we need to do something about that. You know, you've only got to have a look at uh, at the prices at the supermarket at the moment. You know, it's just crazy. And, uh, you know, the hunter has been for so long. We were we were the, the belt of, of agriculture and uh, we've been taken over by mining. It's time to retake that mantle. We really do need to pay attention to the agricultural sector because it does require continuity, um, you know, in order to survive. And we have lost a lot of beef production, and a lot of dairy, and, um, you know, the, the wine growers have been saying that they feel under threat from the mining industry. We've, we've lost that balance. And I think one of the opportunities that we have missed recently that we could grab and must grab is actually in food manufacturing, you know, in that processing that employs people to, you know, make cheese or, you know, make powdered milk or whatever it might be, the sort of downstream opportunities in manufacturing um, to kind of add value to the agricultural sector. Uh, 
which we can then export out of the port of Newcastle. I mean, we really have it all going for us. We have beautiful fertile soils, reliable water, um, fantastic communities. And I am really excited that if the state government gives us the chance to be involved in planning this and strike this balance, we could have, you know, this exciting future for the region. And even things like, you know, I can remember the days when, uh, you know, there wasn't just one abattoirs, there were several, you know, there were many small goods manufacturers around uh, around the area, you know, none of those are here anymore. They're all, all either one huge big multinational or they're based in Sydney. We were the hub for a long, long time for that e- exact area that employed many hundreds of people. Exactly. And it really is that kind of local decision making, I think, that makes a difference in those respects. As you said, when multinationals are the ones who are in charge of the decision making, you know, they make these really cutthroat, ruthless decisions that come at the cost of local communities. Um, But we do have so much going for us. And it has been hard for other industries to um, compete with the mining industry for labour. You know, the mining industry has a, has a, um, dominates the labour force as well as the land and water ownership in the region. And that's why a Hunter Valley Authority really is needed because, you know, organically it's it's tricky for that to happen. It needs that upfront planning um, and a, a sort of a, a course being set to say we are going to make sure that we have sensible land use and that there's land and skills um, and forward planning for industry to make the most of these changes that are coming for us. And we need to have a seat at the table. That is the most important thing. Yeah, the hunter really does, has um, kind of suffered from decisions about our destiny being made, you know, in places far afield from us. We are, you know, we have been the engine of the economy. We have supplied energy um, and, you know, huge amounts of money to the New South Wales state budget for for, for a decade. Uh, and now we need our chance to take control. And what we, uh, you know, have learned by looking at changes that have happened in coal mining communities around the world is that when the local community is involved and these changes are managed transparently and, you know, there's clear and open discussion about how to manage the change, then the change is manageable. But when people aren't given the chance to get involved, when we deny that the change is underway, you know, when everything happens behind closed doors, that's when you really, you know, miss out on the kind of forward planning and and important strategic decision-making that local people understand how to do. Now, you and I speak quite regularly, but uh, we haven't spoken since uh, you received a very significant honour. It uh, The New South Wales Environment Awards, uh, they celebrate outstanding commitment and achievement of campaigners in, in grassroots areas across the state. And you were uh, you were the award recipient of uh, of a brand new award. It's the Jack Mundy, uh, who was obviously leader of Green Bands Movement and Saved Environmental Areas and Heritage. You were the first ever winner of his award. Congratulations. Thanks so much, Tracy. I was yeah, I was very proud. I bet you were. How did that feel when? Uh, I mean, obviously, the the last few years have been horrendous. With uh, you know, we couldn't do awards. We couldn't have awards because of COVID and everything else. How did it feel to be announced as the first winner of that award from named after somebody just so incredibly significant? Well, it, I was really proud um, to to receive that particular award um, because you know, Jack Mundy was an extraordinary leader, and he. He was someone, I think, who demonstrated that jobs and the living environment um, and the, the built environment that means so much to people aren't at odds with each other, mm. you know, that that actually the labour movement is um, involved in environmentalism and environmentalism is involved in the labour movement. And 
since being part of the 100 Jobs Alliance, you know, I, my understanding of how closely intertwined people's working lives are with the decisions that get made that harm the environment, you know, has mm. really deepened um, a lot. And I'm really, I feel really privileged to have had the chance to work with the unions um, in the creation of the 100 Jobs Alliance. And I think that its success, you know, even in just a year since we um, launched it, has demonstrated that there was a real support in the Hunter um, and Newcastle for that history, that legacy, of, you know, of um, radical labour politics mm. and environmental politics coming together um, because actually, you know, we have so much in common. Well, this report is just further proof of that. So congratulations. Congratulations on the report. It, uh, it really is, uh, it's quite a read. I uh, thoroughly recommend uh, to any of our listeners, if you go to hunterrenewal.org.au, you will find uh, the report there. It is, uh, it, it's quite telling. It is, uh, it, it makes sense. It's very obvious, uh, but sometimes the most obvious is not the way that we go. Thanks so much for your time, Georgina. I really appreciate it. Oh, it's been great, uh, Joy. Thanks so much, Tracy. Thank you. Bye. That is Georgina Woods, who is uh, head of Lock the Gate. And uh, as she mentioned, she's part of the uh, Hunter Jobs Alliance, uh, which is doing just an incredible, incredible job. And I really do recommend uh, that report to you. It is Diversification and Growth transforming mining land in the Hunter Valley. It is. Uh, it makes a lot of sense. It really does. Uh, but we do need to move now, not later, which uh, we've been doing quite a bit of, haven't we? We're not, uh, not moving quick enough on a lot of things. But uh, yes, if you're in- further interested in that, make sure you head to, uh, to that website. It is uh, hunterrenewal.org.au and get a look at it. Newcastle in the morning takes you through the big events and the most talked about stories of the day that matter to you and your life. From what's on to what matters, Tracy Mack takes you beyond the headlines, what it is, why it matters and how it impacts your daily life. Tracy Mack brings you Newcastle in the morning, weekdays from nine on Newcastle Live.